How did you happen to get in here? I ran here. You scared the daylights out of me last night. Seems like the truth shouldn't scare anybody, man or boy. Hello everyone and welcome to When It Was Cool Dark. I'm your host, Carl Stern. Thank you very much for joining me. This podcast is produced and distributed by whenitwascool.com. Hope you'll check out our website, our articles, our other podcasts on our podcasting network. And hope ultimately you will choose to support us on Patreon, which keeps this show going. We have uh, many packages, uh, starting as low as $1 for a month's worth of support. At the $5 level, you're going to get access to over 2,000 podcasts dealing with pop culture, retro pop culture, and much, much more. This show is part of a series on 100 of the darkest moments in pop culture history. Uh, We are nearing the conclusion of uh, this series where we've been taking a look at moments in popular culture that have been uh, negatives. They have been perhaps tragedies, uh, scandals, something of that nature, but they've been moments that have impacted art, impacted popular culture. And uh, today we're going to be returning to the world of movies and theater. We're going to be talking about an actor. And uh, this is uh, fairly uh, newsworthy right now. As a few weeks ago, we learned of the death of Robert Blake at age 89. He was an actor, uh, I guess, most well-known for being the star of Beretta, which was a uh, TV cop crime detective show. And uh, he was once... Uh, accused of murdering his wife, uh, a charge he was acquitted of. And so this uh, will constitute this week's uh, dark moment in pop culture history. So recently, this is an article from March 9th, 2023 from ABC News. They're going to tell us the facts, hopefully. Beretta actor Robert Blake dies at 89, Nice says. The actor was acquitted in the murder of his wife in 2005. And many of you may remember this. This was a a very uh, heavily covered uh, trial in the media. Uh, Even by that time, I mean, Beretta was well in the distant past. And look, it was a popular show, but it wasn't like the most popular show on TV. So this wasn't like a... uh, you know, anything like the O.J. Simpson trial, but because it involved a Hollywood actor who many people did remember from this uh, rather memorable role, it did get a lot of media play. The article is by Angeline Jane uh, Bernabe. Robert Blake, who is known for his roles in Beretta and In Cold Blood, has died, his niece said Thursday. He was 89 years old. Blake passed away peacefully, surrounded by family by his side in Los Angeles, according to a statement from his representative obtained by ABC News. The cause of death was heart disease, according to Blake's niece, Noreen Austin. The actor, who has starred in many television and film roles, is also known for being acquitted for the 2001 murder of his second wife, Bonnie Lee Bakley, after forensic evidence showed he didn't fire the murder weapon. 
at the time, two main witnesses against Blake, were also lacking in credibility. Blake got his start in acting as a child. According to his representative, Blake grabbed the attention of studio casting directors when he was five years old. He first appeared in the 1939 film, Bridal Sweet, then in the short film series, Our Gang, which led to more than 200, film, 200 film roles. Of course, that was Little Rascals. He was uh, one of the, he, he made an appearance in that film series. After being drafted in the U.S. Army in 1950, Blake returned to acting in the Western series, 26 Men. He also starred in the syndicated Western, The Cisco Kid. Blake continued to appear in several TV shows across CBS, NBC, and ABC. In 1907, uh, 1967, rather, Blake's portrayal as murderer Perry Smith in the Truman Capote film In Cold Blood was dubbed a breakout role. Blake starred in a few more film roles, including 1972 film Corky and the TV movie adaptation of, of Mice and Men in 1981. But it was his role as police detective Tony Beretta in the television series Beretta that he is most known for. The show, which aired from 1975 to 1978, earned Blake an Emmy for Outstanding Lead Actor in a Drama Series. On May 4, 2001, Blake and his second wife, Bakley, went out to dinner at Vitello's Italian restaurant in Studio City, California. Blake told police at the time that after their meal, they walked to the car together, but Blake said he had to go back into the restaurant to retrieve a gun he'd left at the table. When he came out, Blake said he found Bakley sitting in their car with two gunshot wounds. Police considered several potential suspects, but zeroed in on Blake and 11 months later arrested him. Blake was charged with one count of murder with a special circumstance of lying in wait and two counts of solicitation of murder in connection with Bakley's death. He pleaded not guilty to the charges and was held for months behind bars before he was finally granted bail as he awaited trial. The murder weapon, later recovered in a dumpster, was not the gun Blake had on him that night. Authorities were unable to link Blake or anyone else to the murder weapon, but prosecutors argued that Blake had launched a plot to have her killed, which Blake has long adamantly denied. In 2003, Blake spoke to ABC News' Barbara Walters from jail. While the prosecution used the interview early in the case, Blake's attorneys used the interview to their advantage as a way to humanize him. On March 16, 2005, the jury acquitted Blake of murder and one count of solicitation to commit murder. They were deadlocked 11 to 1 on a second solicitation count, which the judge then dismissed. After his acquittal, Blake publicly thanked Barbara Walters after leaving the courthouse. Quote, Barbara Walters, God bless you, darling. I'd never have gotten out of the joint without you. God bless you, Barbara, wherever you are, Blake said. Eight months after his criminal trial, Blake, fa Blake faced a legal proceedings in the wrongful death civil suit from Bakley's children. Unlike his criminal trial, Blake testified during the civil trial where he was perceived to be irreverent and combative and even refused to answer questions from the attorney who represented the Bakley family. After eight days of deliberation, the civil jury ordered Blake to pay Bakley's children $30 million in wrongful death damages. Following the trials, 
Blake came out with his memoir, Tales of a Rascal, What I Did for Love, in 2011. He also got remarried to actress Pamela Huddock in 2017, but they divorced in 2018. In 2019, Blake and Bakley's daughter, Rose Lenore, who was just 11 months old when Blake's criminal trial began and was legally adopted by Blake's daughter from a former marriage, opened up to Good Morning America about reaching out to Blake. The two uh, reconnected over old photographs of the two of them together. His family said Blake enjoyed jazz music, reading poetry, and watching Hollywood classic films. Blake's family said that a private memorial service will be held to honor his life. So, uh, not a lot of details really about the case itself in there, more about an, of an overview about uh, Robert Blake himself. The uh, NewYorkPost.com uh, released this article upon his death. Again, March 9th, Robert Blake, in cold blood actor, once accused of murdering his wife, dead at 89. Robert Blake, a controversial actor best known for his roles in the television series Beretta and the film In Cold Blood, is dead at 89. The actor's son, Noah Blake, confirmed his death Thursday to The Post. Blake's family said he died of heart disease at his home in L.A. He was born under the name Michael Gubitosi on September 18, 1933. Blake's six-decade Hollywood career was marred by accusations he killed his second second wife, Bonnie Lee Bakley. On May 4, 2001, the 44-year-old Bakley was shot and killed while sitting in Blake's car outside of a Studio City restaurant where the couple had just dined. Blake, who maintained his innocence, was acquitted of Bakley's murder in 2005. After the trial, he told the Associated Press he hoped for a career resurgence. I'd like to give my best performance, he said in 2006. I'd like to leave a legacy for his daughter, Rosie, about who I am. I'm not ready for a dog and fishing pole yet. I'd like to go to bed each night, desperate to wake up the next morning and create some magic. Blake rose to fame as a child actor appearing in the Our Gang short film series. His most notable role was the 1967 adaptation of Truman Capote's true crime book, In Cold Blood. He also starred in Treasure of the Sierra Madre in 1948, Electra Glide in Blue 1973, and Lost Highway 1997, his final film. Blake scored a Primetime Emmy Award 1975 for Outstanding Lead Actor in a Drama Series for Beretta, in which he played the titular character, Detective Tony Beretta, for four seasons. His hard-nosed cop character, whose fateful companion was a talkative pet cockatoo, Fred, had several oft-repeated catchphrases, including, that's the name of that tune, you can take that to the bank, and don't do the crime if you can't do the time. Blake also received three other Emmy nominations. Out of his three nominations for a Golden Globe, he only received one in 1976 for Best Actor in a Television Series, Drama, again for his rugged role as Beretta. But his Hollywood journey was rocked with controversy when the actor was arrested in connection to Bakley's murder. Prosecutors claimed he tried to hire hitmen to kill Bakley, whom he married in 2000, because she had become pregnant with his baby. The, the jury, however, was unconvinced. Eight months after his acquittal, in November of 2005, a civil jury found Blake liable for Bakley's death and ordered him to pay her family $30 million, which left him bankrupt. 
If you want to know how to go through $10 million in five years, ask me how, he told the media after the verdict, according to The Hollywood Reporter. I was a rich man. I'm broke now. His acting career, however, remained stagnant, with his final performance in the 1997 film Lost Highway, co-starring Bill Pullman and Patricia Arquette, according to his Internet Movie Database page. In 2019, Rose Lenore, the daughter of Blake and Bakley, told People magazine that she was following in her actor father's footsteps, saying she loved getting to be someone else when performing. Rose described her childhood as complicated. She wasn't even a year old when her mother died. Until the time of the People interview, she hadn't seen Blake since she was a small child, raised by her half-sister, Delenia. When Rosie was two weeks old, I held her in my hands, and I asked God to take care of her because I'm an old man, and tomorrow is guaranteed to nobody, Blake told CBS News in 2003. I said, God, if you please take care of Rosie, I will never, ever ask anything of you again the rest of my life. In 2019, Blake suggested his own upbringing was chaotic, telling 2020 that his father was a lunatic and that Blake's success brought out an animosity in him. The more success I got, the more he wanted to kill me, he claimed, according to USA Today. I was always at least 50% self-destructive, but when I wasn't working, I couldn't stand the way I felt. He also told the uh, program of his own inner issues. Bipolar? I was tripolar. I was quadpolar. Who the hell knows what kind of polar I was? I had 35 different feelings in five minutes. I was nuts when I was away from the camera. Blake is survived by his three children, Rose, Delana, and Noah. So a little more details there from uh, the New York Post uh, about what happened. We learned a few, we learned a few things there that we uh, didn't previously know. In the uh, second half of our show today, we're going to dive actually into uh, the specifics of, of what he was accused of in the trial and all that. Did he do it? I mean, a civil jury found him liable. The uh, criminal jury found him uh, not guilty. So. Uh, there's conflicting, uh, seems to be some, some uh, conflicting information about or opinion about whether he was uh, involved in, in this killing of his wife. The, uh, uh, I want to reflect back for a minute because, again, we mostly know him as, as Beretta, but he was a child actor, in fact, and we know the, as we've seen many times throughout this series, child actors many times have problems later in life. He was then known as Mickey Gubatosi. Blake began his acting career as Toto in the MGM movie Bridal Suite in 1939, starring Annabella and Robert Young. Blake then began appearing in MGM's Our Gang, uh, the shorts, the a.k.a. Little Rascals, under his real name, replacing Eugene Porky Lee. He appeared in 40 of the shorts between 1939 and 1944, eventually becoming the series' final lead character. Blake's parents also made appearances in the series as extras. In our gang, Blake's character Mickey was often called upon to cry, for which he was criticized for being unconvincing. He was also criticized for being obnoxious and whiny. In 1942, he acquired the stage name Bobby Blake, and his character in the series was renamed Mickey Blake. In 1944, MGM discontinued Our Gang, releasing the final short in the series, Dancing Romeo. 
1995, Blake was honored by the Young Artist Foundation with its former Child Star Lifetime Achievement Award for his role in Our Gang. In 1942, Blake appeared as Tukey Steedman in Andy Hardy's Double Life. In 1944, Blake began playing a Native American boy, Little Beaver, in the Red Rider Western series at the studios of Republic Pictures, which now CBS Radford Studios. He appeared in 23 of the movies until 1947. He also had roles in one of the Laurel and Hardy's later films, The Big Noise, in 1944, and the Warner Brothers movies, Humoresque, 1946, playing John Garfield's character as a child, and The Treasures of Sierra Madre, 1948, playing the Mexican boy who sells Humphrey Bogart a winning lottery ticket and gets a glass of water thrown in his face by Bogart in the process. In 1950, at the age of 17, Blake appeared as Mamat in The Black Rose and as Enrico, Naples' busboy, in an uncredited scene in Black Hand. So he was a very prolific child actor. Uh, you know, he was he was kind of one of these heartthrobs, you know, sex symbol types there in the Beretta era. Uh, certainly he's like, I think when most people picture Robert Blake, they, they picture him from the time of Beretta. But goodness, those, those little rascal, our gang uh, shorts have been played to I don't know would would you say probably more people than that have saw those than than ever saw Beretta I would think probably so it's not like Beretta had this great shelf life it was only on TV for a few years in the 1970s that I you know I'm sure it's available on DVD probably streaming somewhere but you know it's not just a show a lot of people sit around and talk a lot about while our gang continues to play into you know into infinity it seems all the way from you know the 1930s so i would i would think probably more people saw him as a child star than saw him as uh you know the detective beretta from from back then when we return after our mid-show break we're going to talk about in more detail the murder of bonnie lee blakely bakley which is what lands him on our list of 100 of the darkest moments in pop culture history right after this do not be alarmed 370 dark 371 darker 370 and input data ethan siegel Forbes magazine. Panspermia was once ridiculed as pseudoscience, but is now firmly back in the scientific mainstream. When scientists search for ancient remnants of life, they look for graphite deposited in highly metamorphosed rocks. This method led us to push the emergence of life, based on evidence from Earth-based rocks, back to 3.8 billion years ago, or just 750 million years after Earth formed. But looking at graphite deposits in zircons, some of which are 4.1 billion years old or possibly older, shows this same carbon-12 enhancement at the expense of carbon-13. This tells us that life on Earth very likely goes back a very long time, to when Earth was less than 10% its current age. Most have assumed this implies that life arose very early on in Earth's history, perhaps even during its most primordial stages. But there's another possibility that's even more fascinating, perhaps the life that we find on Earth didn't originate on Earth, but was formed prior to it. Perhaps, 
Once Earth formed, there were extraordinarily primitive organisms that came to Earth, found they could survive and reproduce here, and that's how life began on our planet. We have every indication that once life began on Earth, it continued to survive, thrive, reproduce, mutate, and evolve in an unbroken chain spanning more than 4 billion years. But despite all that our scientific investigations have uncovered, we still don't know whether our terrestrial life originated on our planet, or in a different place at an earlier time. We often say there is no planet B out there, but that's just for humans. Perhaps, if we could trace out the cosmic chain of life, Earth is just one link, not the first, and not the last, but an incubator of a story that began billions of years before. As with most open questions in science, until we have the decisive evidence in hand, we have no option but to keep all the viable possibilities in mind while we continue the search for the answers. End. Go Dark. 371. On May 4, 2001, Robert Blake took Bonnie Lee Bakley out for dinner at Vitilio's Italian restaurant in Studio City, California. Bakley was fatally shot in the head while sitting in Blake's vehicle, which was parked on a side street around the corner from the restaurant, across the street, and behind a dumpster next to a construction site. Blake claimed that he had returned to the restaurant to collect a pistol, which he had left inside, and claimed that he had not been present when the shooting took place. The pistol Blake claimed to have left in the restaurant was found and determined by police not to be the murder weapon. On April 18th, 2002, Blake was arrested and charged with Bakley's murder. His longtime bodyguard, Earl Caldwell, was also arrested and charged with conspiracy in connection with the murder. A key event that gave the Los Angeles Police Department the confidence to arrest Blake came when a retired stuntman, Ronald Duffy Hamilton, agreed to testify against him. Hamilton alleged that Blake tried to hire him to kill Bakley. Another retired stuntman and associate of Hamilton's, Gary McClarty, also came forward with a similar story. According to author Miles Corwin, Hamilton had agreed to testify against Blake only after being told that he would be subject to a grand jury subpoena and a misdemeanor charge. On April 22, 2002, Blake was charged with one count of murder with special circumstances, an offense which carried a possible death penalty. He was also charged with two counts of solicitation of murder and one count of conspiracy to commit murder. Blake entered a plea of not guilty. On March 13, 2003, after almost a year in jail, Blake was granted bail, which was set at $1.5 million. He was then placed under house arrest while awaiting trial. On October 31st, in a major reversal for the prosecution, the judge dismissed the conspiracy charges against Blake and Caldwell during a pretrial hearing. The junior prosecutor who handled the case, Shelley Samuels, was interviewed by CBS reporter Peter Van Sant for the CBS program 48 Hours Investigates. During the interview, broadcast in November of 2003, she admitted that the prosecutors had no forensic evidence implicating Blake in the murder and that they could not tie him to the murder weapon. Blake's criminal trial for murder began on December 20, 2004, with opening statements by the prosecution and opening statements by the defense the following day.
The prosecution contended that Blake intentionally murdered Bakley to free himself from a loveless marriage, while the defense claimed that Blake was an innocent victim of circumstantial and fabricated evidence. McLarty and Hamilton each testified that Blake had asked them to murder Bakley. On cross-examination, the defense brought up McLarty's mental health problems and Hamilton's criminal history. The lack of gunshot residue on Blake's hands was a key part of the defense's case that Blake was not the shooter. Blake chose not to testify. On March 16, 2005, Blake was found not guilty of murder and not guilty of one of the two counts of solicitation of murder. The other count... Uh, for solicitation of murder was dropped after it was revealed that the jury was deadlocked 11 to 1 in favor of acquittal. Los Angeles District Attorney Stephen Cooley commented on this ruling, called Blake a miserable human being and the jury, jurors incredibly stupid to fall for the defense's claims. Public opinion regarding the verdict was mixed, with some feeling that Blake was guilty, though many felt there was not enough evidence to convince him. On the night of his acquittal, several fans celebrated at Blakely's favorite haunt, the scene of the crime, Vitellio's. Bakley's three children filed a civil lawsuit against Blake, asserting that he was responsible for their mother's death. During the trial, the girlfriend of Blake's co-defendant, Earl Caldwell, said she believed Blake and Caldwell were, in fact, involved in the crime. On November 18, 2005, a jury found Blake liable for the wrongful death of his wife and ordered him to pay $30 million. On February 3, 2006, Blake filed for bankruptcy. Blake's attorney, M. Gerald Schwarzenbach, appealed the court's decision on February 28, 2007 and on April 26, 2008, an appeals court upheld the civil case verdict but cut Blake's penalty assessment to $15 million, cut it in half. Robert Blake maintained a low profile after his acquittal and filing for bankruptcy, with debts of $3 million for unpaid legal fees as well as state and federal taxes. On April 9, 2010, the state of California filed a tax lien against Blake for $1,110,878 in unpaid back taxes. In July of 2012, Blake was interviewed on CNN's Pierce Morgan Tonight. When asked about the night of Bakley's murder, Blake became defensive and angry, stating he resented Morgan's questioning and felt he was being interrogated. Morgan responded he was only asking questions and he felt people were eager to be here answered. In January 2019, Blake was interviewed by 2020. Initially, he seemed to decline the interview and instead delegated it to a friend, but then began to participate, discussing the murder and behavior of the police officers who dealt with him, the culture of Hollywood, and its reaction to the event, and his early life and difficulties with his parents. In September of 2019, Blake started a YouTube channel titled, Robert Blake, I Ain't Dead Yet, So Stay Tuned, in which he discusses his life and career. Later in October of the same year, Blake's daughter, Rose Lenore, opened up about her childhood and how the trial affected her. She discussed reuniting with her father, visiting her mother's grave, and her own desire to get into acting. Regarding knowing the truth about her mother's murder and whether Blake did it, she declined to know the details, but is open to knowing the truth, quote, if it's ever an option. In 2021, 
Blake opened up a website, Robert Blake's Pushcart, where scripts, memorabilia, and books, including his autobiography, Tales of a Rascal, are available to read and, in case of the latter, can be ordered. Quentin Tarantino's novel, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, based on the film of the same name, is dedicated to Blake. Notably, Blake's later life dealing with his wife's murder mirrors Brad Pitt's character, Cliff Booth, who is also accused of murdering his wife. And then, as we have just discussed, and what brings this up again is Blake, of course, died recently of a heart heart disease rather, in Los Angeles at the age of 89. So a complicated life and a uh, complicated uh, accusations of his murder of uh, Blakely. I, again, I, I remember this on, uh, on television really being a sort of a heavily covered celebrity trial event. Uh, this was all over TV. There was much speculation, all your usual talking heads, the, the Nancy Graces and, and such as that all uh, chimed in on this. And it seemed like you know, uh, it seemed as, as complicated and as complex as it turned out to be. Robert Blake seemed like an utterly hateable person. He seemed a very uh, easily agitated. He seemed very combative. He seemed uh, to show some symptoms of mental illness, which he himself apparently uh, believed that he, he may have had. Uh, some sort of bipolar type disorder or something, but he certainly seemed very argumentative and, quite frankly, unlikable in a, in a lot of the cases. Uh, not very forthcoming, not certainly uh, pleading his innocence. So the criminal trial, I mean, which is predicated on on stronger evidence, well, you may wonder, and oftentimes it's asked, and it seems strange that one could be acquitted in a criminal trial, but be not convicted because that's not what you're going for, but be found liable in a civil trial. Well, the the burden of of proof is, is different in each. For a criminal conviction, the burden of proof is much more substantial. There, there, uh, you know, has to be beyond a reasonable doubt. There has and reasonable doubt is sometimes not that difficult to come up with. It's a, in a case like this, you know, Blake apparently uh, uncontradicted. Uh, was not present when she was shot. Now, did he hire somebody to kill her? Well, that seems to be uh, what the prevailing theory was. But as is the case in a lot of criminal trials, especially when uh, people are are being sought to be hired for hitmen, well, they're not the most reliable people either. They're not the most believable folks uh, either. So unquestionably, we know this for a fact, Blakely was... Killed. She was shot. She was killed. So somebody did that. Who did it? Well, I think it's relatively certain that Robert Blake did not do it. Now, was he involved in having it done? That's the question. The uh, court was uh, did, was not able to convict him of that. However, when it comes to a civil trial, it is a much different uh, burden that's out there. Uh, you, you're not uh, bound by the same. Uh, degree of of uh, proof that you are in a criminal trial. So, what a civil jury is trying to determine is if a person is monetarily monetarily liable for uh, this person's death or injury. And as we saw, they determined that yes, he was. Whether 
you know, it was by hiring a hitman or, or whatever, doing the deed himself. They clearly believed that he was somehow involved to the degree of $30 million. Now, I'm not sure how they came to that uh, that monetary number. I don't know if that was what Robert Blake was, uh, you know, his assets were valued at. That ended up being cut in half to $15 million, but it seemed like Robert Blake had many problems beyond that with, with tax money and fines and penalties and all sorts of stuff. I doubt he ever was in the, the positive money again in his life. He essentially disappeared after that. He's been, I haven't thought about Robert Blake since probably that trial. I guess he tried a few upstarts on on the internet that, you know, who, who knows how lucrative that was. I'm sure he sold a, a few of his books, but again, that's not something that's going to, except in very, very rare circumstances, that's not going to turn you back into a millionaire, especially when you start out with a $15 million debt, actually more than that, a six over $16 million deficit once you figure in what he owed the IRS as well. So he had a big hole to climb out of in his elderly age, and I doubt he ever did that. But it's a very uh, interesting story, a very disturbing story. doesn't seem like it was ever really convincingly proven what happened to Blakely uh, other than she was killed. She was murdered. Nobody was ever really brought to justice for it. And if Robert Blake was involved, well, he paid, I guess he spent a year in jail, but he uh, monetarily paid for it. And then the small child uh, was, you know, uh, unaware of, of, of what happened and certainly you you got to feel for her uh, she never really knew either one of her parents one of which was alive for many years after the the mother was murdered so you you know she's had to deal with some stuff and it's, it's been a difficult road for her but uh, very interesting I was never a big fan of the Beretta show I do certainly remember it when I was a kid I was a, a kid when that was on TV so it was more of an adult oriented show I was more into things like the six million dollar man and action adventure type stuff like that than I was, you know, hard nosed cop drama Beretta. But he's a memorable character. I mean, we just as soon as you see the, uh, you know, see his photo, you remember the Beretta character, and uh, definitely, I'm sure many many people have many many times seen him in the Our Gang Little Rascal series, which. Uh, you know, still to still to this very day, that's a that's a widely seen uh, property. So Robert Blake, a very complicated person, a very lengthy career, a very uh, substantial career, and a very tumultuous ending, a very dark ending, and that land, lands him on our list of one hundred of the darkest moments in pop culture history. Is the uh, Robert Blake murder accusation? So we're beginning to wind down this series now, and uh, once we complete this with our 100, I will have a feature article up at whenitwascool.com that will have all 100 of these along with the links to the podcast if you want to uh, just go through the list and maybe check out some of the shows you may have missed and uh, download those because this show will be taking a turn uh, afterwards. We will be returning to our origins, so to speak, when uh, originally this show was conceived as a spinoff from the After Dark with Brian Alvarez show. It was available on Dark Matter Digital Network and Figure Four Online and Wrestling Observer, and it covered 
the paranormal, it covered the unexplained, and we're going to return to the world of mysteries and the unexplained. I don't like to use the term paranormal. I believe it's, uh, you know, it's either science or scientific, and there are things that maybe aren't yet explained by science or aren't yet discovered. They're mysteries. That is the accurate term, mystery. And we're going to explore some of the greatest mysteries ever, a very diverse group of mysteries. And if you want to brush up on uh, some things and go back and listen to our early shows, many of which are, are still very relevant, still very unsolved mysteries. There's all sorts of stuff about science and, and uh, ghost and paranormal and UFOs and cryptozoology. All that's available and still evergreen in our back catalog. Hope you will become a Patreon supporter at WhenItWasCool.com, which will give you instant access to those shows. Uh, if you come in at the $5 a month level, just go on in and check it out. What, give us one month. What you got to lose? Five bucks. It helps us out, keeps these shows going. We have many shows on our podcasting network, not just these. Uh, so I promise you, you'll have no shortage of stuff to listen to for the next month if you just give us a try. Come in for one month. Check us out. I bet we talk about some stuff you were interested in sometime in your life. TV, movies, sports, music, uh, toys, society, much, much more. We have fun. We have a lot of fun over at whenitwascool.com. Hope you'll check us out, and I'll see you here again soon with another show. We depend on Patreon support for our website and podcast network. In order to continue these podcasts you enjoy, we need you to visit whenitwascool.com and pledge at least $1. You'll gain access to lots of exclusive podcasts, newsletters, and more. Sign up is quick, simple, and can be canceled at any time. whenitwascool.com and click any Patreon link. Thank you.